And here we go, then we're in the boot with Erwin from the Hoosiers. Um, welcome to St Albans. Thanks. You doing your solo stuff, we're going to get to yeah. that, but the Hoosiers, is, they are still, you're still making, you're still crafting music, you're still doing stuff. Al and I have been making musical babies. 25 um, years? Yeah, at least. Feels longer. I, I, do you know, it's got to that stage where I can't even be bothered to work it out. No. It takes too long and everyone stopped listening. Yeah. So I'm going to just round it up to an even 50. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> and what is that? So you, we, we, we chatted earlier before we put this live, is, is that we, the, the music is uniquely put together from a Hoosier's perspective, yes? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so how is it different to what, the other bits? So the, what you mean, the new music the new that we're music, talking about? Yeah. Uh, this is a very, this is a rare beast because it's, it's a fully collaborative project with a, a DJ type producer friend of mine called Latch. But the A is a four. That's how cool he is. Right, okay. Like, I mean, I'm not going to be able to pull that off. He, on the other hand, yeah. he can. But he's, he's incredible. Uh, genuinely like one of the most talented people I know, which is why obviously you want to work with that kind of person. And so the music we've made, it's Hoosier's X Latch. And that's kind of the name of the project. And the album is, um, it's, it's very yeah, contemporary. And a lot of it was written from songs that we, Al and I have tried co-writing for various artists. And there have been occasional times where lightning struck and you've written something that you're like, that, I, that is something special. That mm. could be a hit, who knows? But I, I know it's a great song. I really believe it, I think it's great. And the artist you've written it for or with goes, nah. Yeah. They go, I'm going to actually go back to my skiffle. Go back to my proper writer. Roots. Yeah. And write a song I actually yeah, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we're basically doing this to, out of spite. Having been like probably years away from the charts, it's we've realised the rules have changed. Mm. Like back in our day, a song would be three and a half minutes and you'd get to the chorus within a minute, you have an intro. So the yeah. DJs often like talking over it, things like that get taken into account when you're putting together a radio edit. These days, these days, I sound about 80,000 years old now, <laughs> but these days, you start literally with the chorus. I'd say that's something to do with it inherent in pop, that it's sort of a victim of its rules. Mm. Like there's so always restrictions kind of placed on it. And, and that doesn't mean that you can't be creative with it. I kind of think it's, it's quite fun to, that these are the rules, yeah. and to still try and create something that's, that people connect to and that has some humanity in it. And you know, that's, that's the challenge. Yeah. Then there's other things you can do, not to try and shoehorn in my solo endeavours uh, too neatly into this yeah, sentence, but, yeah. but that was certainly what that was for, you know, to, to, I think there's two ways of approaching song, if I may be so bold. One is to maybe affect other people, and you try and write something that, oh, I'm second guessing, I hope people like this and dance to that or whatever. And then there's something else where I think you, if you struggle with something and you want to actually communicate, mm. something that maybe you don't get about life, something that's more philosophical, existential, and that's there's other genres to do that in maybe that handle it a little better sometimes yeah yeah i think that's i think that's a good observation actually the new project then tell me about how does how does erwin sparks write music differently so he would if he's in he's got his hoosier hat on that's that's a very good question actually i i did have to i, I think it started with the impetus to even bother mm. writing like and i I think from after the Hoosiers were sort of dying down in 2011, um, around then I, I, I definitely struggle with that. And I think without getting too heavy, I don't know if that's this kind of podcast, but I, 
definitely saw a lot of, you know, you put a lot of your identity in how your job and what you do. And at the time I was a, doing a, a, a lead singer in a successful band. Yep. And then when that changed and we weren't doing the same commercial, having the same commercial success, that view was in trouble. Mm. And so then it was like, oh, okay, you know, I had to sort of um, get my head around a few, you know, life lessons that, yep. Yep. Uh, and figure out just, yeah, who, who you are, who you want to be. And then, you know, you may be relying on certain things too much, um, like alcohol or whatever, or having a good time and all yep. the, yep. the yep. wonder that that entails. And Well, and these are challenges. These are massive challenges in, in modern society, mm. aren't they? For, mm. And especially when you've been in, when you've been at a level there where, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Of course. Because it, 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 it does play with your mind a little bit. Yeah. Hugely so. And I I think it's it's great that people now in 2020 are able to have the conversation about mental health. I, I also, it, I find it interesting as a, if you're writing songs, you're usually, you're doing that for that exact reason. Mm. And this record was never, this White Tail Falls record was never about setting out to write about mental health issues. And I'm wary of jumping on that bandwagon. Yep. But I think, because if you're writing songs, your, your usual impetus is to try and communicate something you can't put into mere words. I think music, it, I, I'm quoting someone else here, that it, it sort of uh, bridges the divide between physical and spiritual, and it's, that's what it's for by its very nature. So if you're writing songs, you're trying to communicate something, you're, you're already working out your inner machinations of what your, where your head's at. So of course, if you're kind of creative, you are, you're dealing with all that. It's mental health awareness, and you're, you've got to have an awareness of your mental health, I think. It goes hand in hand. And I, I think it's the idea of doing something that you're, you're literally trying to figure out what you're feeling, and hopefully if other, by doing that, I think if you, you understand it a little better at the end of writing a song, there's a chance that other people will. When I was like 15, I swear, I used to lie awake thinking, what is life about? And having these existential dilemmas. And now I'm literally like such nonsense, like, oh, I've got to send that email tomorrow. Where, where is that other sock? This album as a result was sort of, yeah, going to those places and, and I guess yeah, figuring that you've fallen, a, you know, what are you made of? It's, it's that kind of an album and kind of looking at a lot of mistakes you've made, owning up to them and seeing how not to make them in the future. So it was last year, Al and I, um, we culminated a long-running desire to put together a sort of like a tongue-in-cheek guidebook on how to handle fame, which uh, when I was talking to Joe Wiley, clang, yeah. um, we, I said to her a few years ago now, two or three or yeah. nine, I said, um, what, how do you handle being famous, Joe? And she went, please stop talking to me. You know, it's, it's kind of getting weird. Go, uh, the security go guard should have stopped you. <laughs> And she said, I have no idea. And I said, oh, someone should write a book about it. And she went, yeah, all right then, and left hurriedly, I noticed, and with a look of fear in her eyes. Right. And I still thought, that's a great idea. There should be like a, a guidebook on fame, how to handle the trappings that all record labels should give to you. Yeah. And it should say something like, don't worry, this will only affect 3% of you reading this book. Yeah. Because most people will be dropped within a year anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that sort of uh, gestated for about <laughs> 10 years or so. And then Al and I wrote and took our debut comedy musical, which is um, Self Help Yourself Famous, a self-help seminar teaching you, the audience, how to become as famous as we think we are. Um, we play <laughs> Felix Scoot and Lee Delamere um, of chart-topping band Felix and the Scooter Men. 
We, in hindsight, maybe should have just used the Hoosiers as our name and uh, cash, cashed in on what little, yeah. Yeah. what little coinage there is in that particular cow. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're also going back to Edinburgh this year to show our faces. And um, we're, we're, you know, we're serious. We're going to build on yeah. this. And we've written like a whole kind of world for this. And uh, the idea is, as well, it, it kind of focuses on fame and, and in its various guises how that affects everyone that comes into contact with you it's not just our story it's like it's various people like your fans and your PR your manager your family you know it's really about fame rather than just being a massively self-indulgent yeah first <laughs> but that's cool though isn't it it's another creative art more, <laughs> potentially more intimidating I know you've maybe taken this I think you are serious about it very serious about it but I mean it's not <laughs> yes. quite like going on how do I it must be a different type of fear that you might have before you don the stage mm. to uh, Shepherd's Bush, for example. Especially for Al, who I dragged um, out from behind a drum kit. He doesn't want to do it, though? It, no. it was his first time yeah. on stage, apart from being a drummer, since uh, he told me his year seven Alibaba uh, performance in uh, East Hampstead Park School, <laughs> which I believe got, like, at best, a three-star rating <laughs> from the local gazette. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep him. <laughs> he was okay. He was tolerable. Um, but you know, we, we do have 87 years of chemistry yes. between us. Yes. Um, so that that kind of helps. It goes a long way, I think. And, yeah. uh, and and we had lots of very silly songs and a lot of fun doing it. And we even did like dance choreography. We threw ourselves in at the deep end. Yeah. Made absolute idiots of ourselves and, and loved it. Is there something you still think, oh, wouldn't that be good still to do? I'd probably like to outfence a shark. <laughs>